0: February 14th, 1994. Where were you that day? Me? I was driving in my 1977 tan Alcamino trying to get my driver's license. This was my third road test. I had failed twice, but I was determined now that I had a girlfriend to get my driver's license and show my father once and for all that I could drive. His car, And I was worthy of driving his car, his winter beater that he had bought. Strangely enough, when I turned 16, a new car showed up. And I, I believe that my father was rather frustrated with me for not taking an interest in this car or my driver's license up until that point. This day, however, turned out to be a massive, massive snow day. Lots of snow on the ground, and my mother was very trepidatious of me going for my road test. Uh, I think she was being polite, but in her eyes, I had failed twice. How was I going to do it You know, when the ground was so slippery in this rear-wheel-drive rear, rear car with a couple bags of cement in the back of the bed to uh, weight it down a little bit? Um, it was tough, but I got it, and I drove to my girlfriend's house, and we had a uh, lunch from McDonald's and it was divine. However, little did I know that at the same time, the rest of the world was being served an even better lunch. They were being served the second long play from Stockton, California band pavement. This record was called crooked rain, crooked rain. And it was on the heels of the wildly successful, slanted and enchanted. To say this record was anything other than hotly anticipated for a certain group of people would be mislabeling it, misidentifying it for sure. This record was, you know, absolutely anticipated by a a cohort of cool people, unlike me. So going back to you, where were you this day? Where did you pick up the record? What do you remember about on peeling the cellophane and putting it in your CD player, your cassette player, or I'm not sure if it was released on vinyl, but if it was on your vinyl turntable, let's, let's talk a little bit about Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain today on its 29th anniversary. Welcome to Meeting Milkness, a pavement podcast. Hey, it's JD here, back for another episode of the old podcast, where we talk about pavement. And uh, occasionally, we talk about other things, but, um, you know, pavement is the uh, soup du jour here, and uh, it's delicious. But blow on it first, you'll burn your goddamn mouth. Crooked rain, crooked rain. February 14th, 1994. 29 years old. This is insane to me. That this record is almost 30. I was 19 years old. I really don't know if I had been exposed to the record when I was 19. If it would have, yeah, would have. It would have. It totally would have. It would have had the impact. It just, I, I just was unaware. It just flew over my head. And if you've listened to Meeting Malcolmus, you know that that's the case. And you know that I got into the band after uh, the release of Terror Twilight. But um, it was, you know, a lot of fun to be able to go out and and listen to these older records and just have my fucking lights blown in. And um, that's how I feel about Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. It It is my favorite record. It's my favorite pavement record. And it might be one of my favorite records of all time, period. I love Bright in the Corners. And I adore Wowie Zowie and Slanted and Enchanted, and I really like Terror Twilight, but I think I fucking, you know, I'd I, I save myself for Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. That's what I'm here to tell you. But don't take my word for it. Let's go right to the source here. Recorded in 2019 for the 25th anniversary of the record, is a sit down at Matador's head office with uh, SM. And he waxes nostalgic about that. And I thought it would be fun to give that a listen to. So let's give that a listen to right now. And we'll come back uh, on the other side with a track. And uh, then we'll wrap this up. All right. All right. This is Steve Malcolmus from the Matador headquarters talking about Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain on Meeting Malkmus, a Pavement podcast.
1: I'm Steve Malcolmus, and I'm in Pavement and this is the 25th anniversary uh, celebration, social media explosion for this album. It came out in 1994 and this is 2019. That makes 19. Plus six, twenty five years. That's why, right? Are yeah. we doing? Are we gonna reissue and stuff and like have? No, no, we're just gonna talk about it. <laughs> talk about it. It's it's always in print because it's so good. You don't have to reissue it. <laughs> it's like Dark Side of the Moon for Gen X. We rehearsed in uh, Brooklyn, in old Williamsburg, our medium Williamsburg, pre-internet Williamsburg, and. I had heard from a friend of mine, Tom Sargal, that this band on Matador called Belter Space. Their album sounded quite huge. They said that they knew this guy there that had a room and like a nice Studer tape machine. He worked at a secondhand gear store that was also based in the same building, and that it was really cheap. And why don't we go check it out? So we went there, and it was. He kind of also slept in there. He had like a futon, but he was never there. He was just like a takeout ordering freak. Named Mark and uh, Mark Venezia, and he said like it's slamming. I mean, I remember that he said the place was slamming, and that sounded good to me. That's where we recorded it. So we plugged directly into the tape machine, and it's just got a just a nice big raw sound. The f- album before that was sl- called Slamming and Enchanted, and we had done that in Stockton, where I went to high school, and we had gone back there to potentially. Maybe record there. But Gary had moved his studio that was in his garage. He moved into like a real studio in a different spot. And we started to work there, and it just wasn't coming together. We broke up with Gary, um, and then I got a new drummer. This guy named Steve West, who uh, was in the band for the rest of the time, and had a rehearsal space in his house. And I just started jamming, just Steve and I. Um, And I was like, okay, Steve's a drummer now. That's where we rehearsed. But we did do some basic demos. I think they've been, you've heard them if you're a pavement head on some of the reissues, which I haven't heard, but I think they're on there. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we did that. And the key to that album, this album, was mixing it we were just planning to mix it ourselves. I remember Matt Sweeney, maybe you know him. He was in Chavez, and he was our friend. And he said that Chavez had been working at this place on 14th Street. He said, it's just $50 an hour, and it's really cool. You should just go there. And it was a place where like Teenage Fan Club recorded their uh, bandwagon-esque and Elliot Sharp. So, And what turned out was that there was a house engineer there named Bryce Goggin. And he's he just miraculously appeared there and said, "I'll help you." And then he took it over and he mixed, he made it sound uh, much better. It was going to sound maybe a little like Slan and Enchanted mixing wise if we were doing it ourselves. And he made it sound more like with he used actual reverbs and he re-recorded some drums that we we didn't do it correctly. We added things and that's it. Things are moving fast. I was more just excited that we got some attention, I think. Oh, someone's listening. This is really fun. There wasn't any uh, internet yet, and so you would maybe read one article in Spin Magazine or something, and it didn't really seem real. I mean, there were some big concerts, like Roseland. I felt a little bit like, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> That's whenever I felt. I would go ahead and do it, but I was just like, this is bizarre. We're playing a... A lot of people here and being on MTV a little bit. There was MTV had a big sway back then. It was like the breeders are in the buzz bin and stuff. So it was like, you can get in the buzz bin. Remember the buzz bin? I was hoping to get in there. Festival gigs at Reading and stuff. That felt like, oh, we're just like a rock band now. Like uh, Oasis is playing before us. You know, what's going on here? That didn't last long. I mean, I'm kind, I'm kind of like, make not making fun, but like taking yucky music that like kind of made me feel sick a little bit, but like trying to make it good, like classic rock of Silent Kit or the Eagles with Range Life. So it was like bands I hated sometimes. I mean, I still do that now. I still, yeah, I don't know why I'm compelled to do that. But bands I like, I mean, I like Can a lot, the Stop Breathing House, like Can, uh, element to it it was more like poco and the eagles and jackson brown who who i do like jackson brown but you know i was thinking more along those lines of malibu david geffen range rovers or something um privileged country rock but the some i mean it's there's heart in it still i'm not saying it's all about it's like put your Put your, um, heart into it, still. I don't care you cut your... Oh. It's gonna make him sure oh, to step over we'll have her That's a pretty nice haircut Shot like a puzzle Hitting and wearing muzzles Hesitation dies Look around, around The second drummer's drowned Tell us on what's <laughs> back This scene is crazy. The up each and every day. I saw another one just the other night. A special movie' I don't the I don't the I don't but I don't care. I care. I really don't care. just really a little we're going to take the place. We're going to No big deal. Songs mean a lot when songs are fun. So are you? Face right down to the practice room. Tension and pain. Hurry up! Hurry up! Hurry up! just
0: bought a guitar thanks guys be right back right after this yeah it's jay fucking leno talking to pavement and bumping into steve and uh affecting his guitar in some way um i think it i think it was loosely strapped on and he hit it and it fell off uh you know that steve wears his guitar loosely strapped on come on folks jay leno should know that he should have been briefed anyway that's cut your hair live from the tonight show the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. So if that doesn't tell you how anticipated this record was or how um, it was being promoted, that's that's all you need to know right there. It's a classic record. It's uh, almost 30 years old, and it deserves your attention today. So give it a spin today, won't you? That's what I got for you. Until next time, we'll wash your goddamn hands. Meeting Mountain is a weekly affair and is a production of Duver Podcasts and such. Rate, review, share, and sponsor at com. Connect with JD at jd at com. And hey, I'm social. Follow me everywhere at MeetingMalchmas. Uh, Podcasts and such.